control the horizontal. We control the vertical. We talk games. You are under my power. Look into the hypnotic eye and repeat after Mr. Lobo. I, as an initiated member of the Sleepless Nights of Insomnia and a dedicated listener to We Talk Games, do solemnly swear to listen to the October Spooktacular, the whole October Spooktacular, and nothing but the October Spooktacular. So help me, Mr. Lobo. You may stand down. dreaming. I'm your spectral narrator and humble horror host Mr. Lobo of Cinema Insomnia and you're listening to the We Talk Games October Spooktacular. Week 3. Mystic Riders. A registered nurse will be in attendance. May promote tooth decay. Once again, turn off all the lights and light some black candles as we prepare to use our dark powers to send those darn trickster spooks back to where they came from. Get ready for tonight's feature, Mystic Riders. Insert coins. <laughs> Week three of We Talk Games Arcade Weekly Spooktacular. <laughs> now, is it a coven? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your uh, world famous sound effect. <laughs> the world famous We Talk Games ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a coven if it's just two people or are we a man short or a witch short for a full coven? I think so. We're just a warlock duo. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to touch our magic sticks together. Yes. Wands. Wands. I'm sorry. Make too close to reality. Make some ectoplasm. Hey, man. Hey, dude. It's spooktacular. We're talking about spooky games. We've been doing it for the past three weeks. We have been. It's been really great. I love Halloween. Anything dealing with spooky ghosts, monster werewolves and things, I'm down. For everybody who's not familiar with the voice on the other line, that's Keith the Robo Duke. Ahoy! And I am uh, seated firmly in front of the cauldron. I am Kyle Von Kubik. 
and we're here to talk some games. Yeah, and cast some spells, use some Eye of Newt in that cauldron there. <laughs> You're really going for it. Why not? Why not go all the way, especially with the game this week? That's right. But before we talk about that, I am obligated to talk about this. Stinky the Game Master will be up later for Halloween decorations on the cheap. Ooh. I don't know what that means. That's just in the notes, so we'll find out a little later. Sounds good. I need to spruce up uh, the apartment for the holiday, so. That's right. Hopefully he's got some good the tips. The reason for the season. Yes, the reason for the season <laughs> is. The great pumpkin died for your season. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we gave a little bit away because there was a lot of witch talk at the beginning of the show. We're talking about Mystic Riders, 1992 by Irem. Yes, and for anyone who is familiar with our show and has been listening, which you can find at WeTalkGames.com on Twitter at WeTalkGames. Uh, we talked plug, about a plug, lot plug, of... Plug, 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 plug. Plug, plug. <laughs> We've talked about a lot of Irem games. A couple months back, we talked about Hammer and Harry. That's right. Which uh, this game reminded me a lot of in its style and whatnot. I was instantly like, oh, I remember these guys. Yeah, I didn't make that connection, but I think that's a great pull because of the graphical presentation and the character design. That's great. I didn't think of Hammering Harry. Yeah, this doesn't have the same Japanese flair to the character mm. design. This obviously Mystic Rider being a game about which boy and girl fighting an evil thing. That's all I got from the plot in the end. <laughs> that really is all. <laughs> this is a horizontal scrolling shooter mm. starring Mark and Zeal. Two witches, and I'm sorry, I understand Mark's a boy, but Mark looks like a little girl. Yeah, he is rocking a, a long braided ponytail. He totally is. Yeah. And instead of flying around in a spaceship and shooting, your witch is on top of their broom. They shoot magic, and there are two different types of magic spells that you can choose from. A lightning spell, and there's a fire spell. You can power these spells up by collecting, I guess, little orbs. I'd call them orbs. Yeah, the little gems, the red rubies. And the other thing that is of note with this game, as far as the mechanic is concerned, is you also can throw your broom for a sweeping attack. Yeah, which is really awesome. You can use it to actually sweep up little enemy ping pong balls or bullets or whatever, and that actually sweeps them up out of the way. So you can use it really strategically, actually. If you're uh, in a tight pinch, you can use it to throw it out. But the weird thing about it is uh, yeah, it's got two button controls, so you have the fire or lightning attack, which can also be charged up, which is really neat. And the higher uh, level you are with more gems, the bigger the attack is with it. Yeah, the lightning does like a spread shot as it's powered up. And the fire does a burst that stays on the screen. So if enemies fly into it, they take damage. Yeah, it looks kind of like a big firework, actually. In the first level, I thought they were making some kind of connection because there's fireworks going off in the background. And I'm shooting what looks like fireworks, but no. It's actually, now that you say fireworks, it reminds me of a game that we talked about weeks ago. Pistol Damio no Boken, which also involved fireworks with that sort of burst. Yes, yes, with the attacks doing that sort of burst where the other enemies can get trapped in it, you know, a little after you kill the other guys and yeah. get a couple more kills in there. The broom's weird, though, with the broom attack, because it's seeing... It's the inverted control. Yeah, you have to yeah. hold the opposite direction and hit the broom attack to throw it in the opposite direction. Right, so if you want the broom to fly forward and sweep up enemies, you need to move the joystick in the opposite direction, which would be backward, and then hit the button. Yeah. Which, you really gotta train your brain to do that. Especially because some points in the game get you into these pinches where you have to use the broom. Especially when you die, you lose your power up. You lose your level, so you're back to a weaker shot. And the broom is one of your more powerful attacks 
and there's other things that come from behind you and you can't turn around. You have to use your broom. Yeah, I had moments actually where the game seemed to like I would be trying to shoot a guy behind me and my guy would turn around for like one shot. I got that, too. Yeah, I don't think it's normal. I just because <laughs> I couldn't get him to stay. Yeah, I was like, is this a glitch or is there something I'm not doing right? So I was trying to like hit both buttons and hold all sorts of different directions and hit the attack button to get him to turn around. But, you know, double tap, maybe. I don't know if I tried that or not. Hmm. Found that I used the brew more than the regular shot. Actually, it just has a bigger area of attack. It's yeah. like a boomerang so it flies out and hits enemies and it hits enemies as it comes back towards you as well right if you throw it in a certain direction and you move your character up or down or left or right yes it'll boomerang back to you and you can get a nice sweeping arc and, and take out some guys it's one of these things that when you're playing you have to learn it because if you just depend on the shot you're not going to get very far in this game the game is very challenging yeah it's, it's at times it feels like a bullet hell game lots of stuff going on on the screen lots of enemies a little bit of slowdown I experienced two from that, actually. There were so many on the screen in certain Yeah, I, I think stage three with the ice cubes. Uh, four. Four. Yeah. That's where I saw the most slowdown. But let's slow down right now. <laughs> Before we get too deep into the game, let's talk about the making mechanics. I don't have a lot. I know you and I spoke offline. We don't have a lot of making mechanics for this title. And I feel really bad about doing this because we referenced this series so much. But for me, except for when you said Hammering Harry, I wish that was in my making mechanics. But I, I, I listed Parodia. And I, yep. I know that's kind of a cop out, but it really does have a parodious feel. And the best way I can describe this game to somebody is if you took Ghouls and Ghosts and mashed it with Parodious. Oh, definitely. No, that's a great comparison. That, I yeah. think, describes this game perfectly because it's not serious. It's spookish, ghouly, ghosts, monsters, all sorts of things. But yeah. you're still a cute little witch transgendered <laughs> boy <laughs> on a broom or whatever, you know, and like it's still got a cutesy feel and look to it. And the music's very light and happy in most of the places, you know, so that, that's a great comparison. Definitely parodious. It's lighthearted. You think um, elementary school Halloween. Yes. Not Night Slasher Halloween where there's zombies gushing all over the place. This is fun and it's kitschy and it's cute. Yeah. One thing I really, really enjoy about this game, and it's such a little thing, but I love in old games, especially you know in the early 90s where you just smash treasure chests to open them up. Mm -hmm. Like the satisfaction of hitting them and watching them pop open and gems fly out everywhere is always satisfying. When I think of chests getting smashed open, I think of Magic Sword and running around smashing open chests and coins flying out everywhere so i got right. that kind of feel from it i miss that in games having big giant chests you get to just collect a bunch of junk in mm -hmm. now there's a lot of that in this game yes there's a lot you can fill the screen with a whole bunch of gems which is really really satisfying especially after you beat the bosses right the bosses drop gems the enemies drop gems especially when you're doing that sweeping broom attack and you take out like a bunch of little baddies there's just gems all over the place and that's when you start to see the game clunk along. Yeah. <laughs> one thing we didn't mention is it is one hit kills, which is one of yes. the reasons it is very challenging. There is no bonus shield to give you an extra hit. You have no life meter. It's one hit and you drop no matter how big the attack or how little the attack. It's not platforming, but it's the kind of shooter where your environment will kill you as well. It'll trap you. Yes, you'll get trapped in like in the sort of Mario scrolling level kind of way where 
where you just suddenly are squished between the wall and a block and you can't get through. Yeah, and it'll lure you there with the treasure chest. Yes. Come on, you, you can make it. You can make it. You'll, and then you don't. You can come down and come right back up. It's okay. Yeah. And, and they also have the treasure chests that are monsters as well. Yeah. They're blue, right? Yeah, the Mimics, the uh, classic fantasy name for a uh, trapped treasure chest. Yeah, they're like slightly different colored, kind of blue, purpley. Pro player tip. Look out for those little purple treasure chests. That's right. I love the animation on them, too, though. They pop open, their little eyes glint inside the chest, monster in there. The animation and the art direction is really the highlight for this game. It's the reason to play this game, because it is difficult, and it was totally designed to gobble up quarters, but you'll want to keep playing, so you'll keep putting those credits in. Yeah, just to see what's it's very short. Yeah, you do want to see what's next, but the game is very short. So short that I'm going to let Keith tell you about each level. That's how short it is. We're going to go. It's one of these games where we can go through each level on an episode. Yeah, it's only six levels long. It starts with Midnight Town, which is a neat little spooky town, crescent moon above. You know, and the neat thing is, is when the game starts, your character, whoever you pick, Mark or Zeal, you fly out of the moon in the background and onto the screen, which is a nice little touch. I wrote down the bosses for each level on the bottom. Uh, at the end of this is your classic giant snake monster thing that's way too long and takes up the whole screen. And the only danger from him is just getting hit by him. He doesn't shoot anything. He'll just corner you and yeah. smush you into a corner and kill you. Sort of just mitigate the space that he consumes and find an area where he's not going to whip around and, and get you. Yes, yes. And then the, the second level is the outskirts, which is the foresty level. And there's a, mm-hmm. a golem rock monster, which was a really cool boss. Breaks up into pieces and flies around the screen. And then yeah, it's a shame Wiggly is not on this episode because he would totally dig this. There's a golem. Yep. There's Gamera. Yeah. Oh my God! You came. I said the same thing. Level three, the floating turtles. It's all Gamera. It's just a bunch <laughs> of Gameras on the screen that you're flying around. That was my favorite. Was level three, which is just called floating turtles. Yes. Where the environment is all these Gameras basically flying around trying to shoot you and hit you with their claws, and you can blast the heads and the legs off, but their shells remain there as a part of the environment, and they'll float up and down, and they could squish you into you know the top or bottom of the screen. Yep. And uh, a nice little touch, speaking of the sprites I like, when your character comes down to the ground and touches the ground, they actually start running. That's right, yeah. In place and hold the broom like it's like it's an AK-47 <laughs> and blast with that. And I it's, it's a nice little touch in the game that makes it feel a little more real, I guess. You know, you're not just like hovering above the ground there. They touch down and start running. It just looks really cool. I mean, the animation's not the best. It sort of looks like they're just spreading their legs apart and together over and over. Right, yeah. But it looks awesome. I thought that was really cool. And that level three is awesome. The boss is a a big two-headed Gamera. I think he's three heads at one point. Oh, no, he is. I think it's... Yeah, yeah. And I like because you blow his shell off. And mm-hmm. then he's uh, his head. It's some sort of like gross parasite is coming out of the Yeah. And that actually was the most difficult boss battle, I thought, aside from the last one. Yeah. Besides the last one, that one is the most difficult because he takes up a lot of screen space. So you really just hide in the corners on him. And as you're waiting for this little purple parasite or whatever on the inside to uh, pop its head out of the inner shell mm-hmm. and then you shoot at it. It's almost like a whack-a-mole kind of thing. The, it is. And this is another example where you, you need to really 
know the nuances of that broom. You're gonna have to learn it. The reason I keep bringing that up is because when I first started playing, I was just like, oh, I was so put off by that inverted control of the broom. I wasn't mastering it. So I said, ah, fuck it. I'll just use the regular shot. You can't do it. Nope. You're not going to get very far in the game. You have to use the broom. And as you use it, you'll train your brain to use it accordingly and you'll get better at it. Yeah. And the brooms need to because a lot of times the broom will go through some platforms you can't mm -hmm. move through on some levels. So uh, sometimes if you see an enemy coming up, but there's a wall in the way, you can actually throw the broom through it and hit the enemy before he even has a chance to shoot at you at all. Like I said, I barely use the other gun in this, but uh, so you had floating Turtles level three. Yep. Level four is the seabed, which is your uh, underwater level, the one you mentioned earlier with the ice cubes floating around that really yeah, cause slowdowns to get like bullet hell. Yeah. They're all over the place. And when you shoot a big chunk, it turns into two littler chunks. And you shoot those littler chunks, and those littler chunks each turn into four smaller chunks. Yeah. So once again. So chunky. So chunky. <laughs> once again. So oh, God. I was threw up. <laughs> 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 so sweep up those chunks, you know, once again, oh, <laughs> you can't shoot. You got to use the broom, get used to it. This has the octopus boss. What else are you mm. going to have? Which you could have seen coming, you know, like uh, a lot of mechanics. I don't know what it would what it would be called, but the sort of chain of balls that floats around being <laughs> yes. led by a head is used a lot in this with the first boss, the big snake dragon and yeah. the camera. And then now in this with the octopus and the octopus has his legs that move all around. His attack's kind of interesting because his tentacles don't hurt you. He just tries to grab you and pull right. you to his body and like headbutt you. Yeah, this is a really cool set piece in this game because of the second phase. I'm not going to jump ahead to that, but <laughs> this particular boss at this point is very interesting because like you said, the tentacles grab you and he tries to bite you and that's where he does the damage. Yeah. Actually, he consumes you and you're dead, but for some reason you're trapped and you're waggling the control as much as you can. There's no escape. Yeah, you can't get it's away. It's just when, haunting you at that point. Yeah, once he touches you, you're done. It's yeah. just over. If you're on your last life, get that other quarter ready because you are going to need it. Especially on this boss because you kill that octopus which mm -hmm. uh, when it comes on the screen it's got like an ice cube it's holding on to and the ice cube yes. keeps saying, help, help. Right. And don't waste your time shooting it. Yeah, that's what I kept thinking in this game was I was like, is this some like Castlevania Symphony of the Night thing where I don't shoot the octopus, I shoot this thing to get the true ending or something, but... Okay, so describe it, but I think it's it's a setup. I yeah. don't think you can actually avoid this it's, battle. It's totally a setup because I've tried this boss twice, actually. I had to play through the game twice because I got to the castle and accidentally ran out on my timer and I had to start over. Oh, no! Yeah, so I had to start over again, but uh, the octopus have you beat him he drops the cube uh, like a princess or some lady comes out of it who's not a mermaid but doesn't no. seem to be bothered at all that we're underwater i mean i could accept it with the witch because you know magic but she was just frozen in ice she comes out and then like a little shuma goroth like <laughs> this is why we have you on the show oh, oh. that was well described yeah, he flies out of nowhere grabs onto her it does prompt you to shoot him. As he flies onto the screen, it says, attack, attack, attack. And I was like, wait, was I supposed to shoot him right there and avoid this boss? So the yeah. second time I went through, I tried that, and it doesn't actually work. You have Now, not that I'm looking for a story in a horizontal scrolling shooter, but I was kind of like, did I miss something? Yeah. Like, 
who is this girl? Yeah. Why is she here? Why was she frozen in ice? I don't understand yeah. if there's any reason for this. I don't think there is a story. I let the <laughs> track screenplay at the beginning. I didn't see anything. Me and you both. Yeah. And uh, she gets possessed. She uh, all of a sudden has a big shield. You have to shoot her in the back where the uh, Shuma Garoth is grabbing onto her. So right. she will have this big ice shield, I guess, and start filling the screen with those ice cubes from before. So here's where you're going to get a little more slow down if not a lot more slow down yeah she just tries to shoot you or to push you into the cubes because if you touch the cubes you're dead just right. like that now i don't know if this happened for you but this dummy actually made a shield around me i was on the left of the screen she built the wall i got hit by it then i was behind the wall and there was a crack just enough for me to throw my broom and, and shot through between two ice cubes and i was able to defeat that boss by being behind that wall because she couldn't hit me through the ice. I had that a couple times where she would hit me. I'd end up right behind her on that side of the screen and just have right. a chance to really blast. I don't know if I, I think a trap behind a wall like that, like that's awesome. I love when games give you a little, a little cheat on the boss. Yeah. You know what I mean? A little spot. You can just hang out and shoot the guy. Like it's like that one stage in turtles where you can kill bebop by being in that one area. Oh yeah. Rock steady. Yeah. Rock steady. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can hang out. You. Yep. You can hang out on the top corner with Donatello and just do the down attack with the bow staff and just keep hitting him in the head. And yeah, I think this was just like a fluke thing that happened. I don't think it's something that you can plan out like that, but it was still cool that it happened. And I like when you can game the game. Yeah, yeah. But you beat her and then uh, you go onto the castle, which has a giant flame dragon horse boss, I guess. At this point, they're, they're repeating <laughs> enemies most of the time, though. There don't seem to be a lot of new enemies as you go through the game. No, there's Grim Reaper skeletons. There's regular skeletons. There's cute little ghosts. They're adorbs. They're adorable. Grade school Halloween, not uh, Night Slashers, high school yeah. Halloween. We're not talking about Halloween the movie. Yeah. Curtis. There we go. We're talking. We're talking like Peanuts Halloween. Yes. Where, where the great pumpkin dies for you. I think that's hilarious. And lo, the great pumpkin looked up to the sky and said to his father, forgive them. They know not what they do when they steal all the candy from the bowl that says, please take one. <laughs> and keeping with the theme of spooktacular and all things Halloween-y, let's check in with Stinky, the Game Master. Magic suck. Stinky the Game Master here with your Halloween decorations on the cheap. Uh, first Halloween decoration, you get a get some eggs. You see. I take a felt marker and put little dots on, and a ghost. Second Halloween decoration on cheap. Get your old Christmas tree out of the attic. Set it up anywhere you like in the house. Put it in a kitchen or your parents' bedroom. Put it in the living room. And then you get uh, some orange spray paint, and you spray paint the whole tree orange. That's a good Halloween color. And you get a bag of charcoal briquettes out of the basement or the garage. And you put a whole bunch of fishing line through the charcoal and you put it all around your, your orange tree and that's they call it a Halloween tree. Your third Christmas decoration, uh, third Halloween decoration, take all your mom or grandma's little humble statues off the shelves, you take them outside 
and then you, you put their little necks on the curb, and you stomp their heads off. Then you take some, that's crazy glue, strong enough to hold this asshole dangling from a steel beam, and you take your crazy glue, and you put it on the back of a, a Hummel's head, and then you glue it by its arms, uh, headless horsemen, headless Hummel men, and uh, little girls. And your third Halloween, oh, uh, your next Halloween animation on the, uh, next Halloween decoration on a cheap, go in your dad's sock drawer, or uh, between the box spring and the mattress of his bed, and you get out all the Playboy and Playgirl and Penthouse and stuff like that there, and Oi Magazine, and you take those and you tear out all the pages. And this is called a Halloween tablecloth. And you take some scotch tape and you put, put them all together. You tape all the pages together, and you put the tablecloths on your kitchen table or your dining room table, on coffee tables, everywhere there's a table. You put one of these tablecloths on there. When your dad and mom come home from Miami, when your dad and mom come home, ooh, too many alcoholics. When your dad and mom come home from a, their romantic Halloween dinner, it's more of a horror. A Halloween, they like to scare your friends and play the scary jump out at them stuff. So when your mom sees all these nudie pictures all over the, the tables everywhere, you might want to glue them to the table so they don't blow away and stuff. When your mom sees all these uh, nudie uh, photos, your dad shits himself and uh, with terror. Now here comes the real deal in horror, boy. I remember, you might remember Dr. Shock from uh, WPix when you are a kid. Well, this guy, he does the horrors all over the place. You got Mr. Lobo. He's gonna give you a synopsis or a synopsis in the Halloweeny speak. Your synopsis of the show thus far or the entire show, if he feels like it, in about two minutes. Mr. Lobo. Look into the crystal ball and follow the story of 13-year-old Kiki, who leaves home to train as a witch with her talking black cat Gigi. She flies on her broomstick to the port city of Midnight Town. In exchange for accommodation, Kiki accepts a job delivering baked goods by broomstick. Her first delivery goes badly. While Kiki is visiting a customer, she is attacked by an endless barrage of evil ghosts. Wait, I think I confused the plot of this game with the film Kiki's Delivery Service. Um, sorry. Um, well, you know, you know, witches are witches are scary, right? Even cute ones with big anime eyes, like a creepy doll, only with warts and buckles on her shoes. Charge up your batteries and get on your sparkly, jewel-encrusted broomstick as we fly into the perilous paranormal skies of Midnight Town. Mystic Riders. Alright, keep going, keep going. So, uh, level six is the fortress and the yeah. bosses i have no this is it everybody yeah th this is it yeah six levels in the fortress and i don't know what the boss was because it's what? it's behind a wall or something and you it's just balls of things and then oh like actually what it is yeah it's just it's I, evil it's just an evil it's thing a, well the game does tell you at the end it's just an evil spirit there's a picture or i guess a um a relief on the wall of medusa oh that's what it okay i couldn't tell it looked like it's, it's not medusa who you fight 
I guess it's a demon woman. I think she had two serpents okay. her, her, on top of her head. Not multiple ones, but I, I read it as Medusa. I'm going to go with Medusa. However, when the thing appears, its face splits open. It doesn't have arms, but it has two orbs that flash and they'll shoot beams at you. And then some body horror stuff starts happening where it's just like clumps of purplish flesh. Yeah. It starts blasting off. It's very weird. It almost feels like a uh, Contra villain. Yes. It does feel out of nowhere with everything else being, you know, skeletons and dragons when all of a sudden. It's not disgusting, but it's not as cute as the other thing. The style of it is fits, but it's a little off. Yeah. Like you talked about the jousting dragon. It was different. It was interesting, but it, it at least fit in canon with the rest of the enemy. Yeah. And that pause actually had a little bit of that hammer and Harry Asian flair. You know, it looked yes. almost like an Asian style elongated dragon crossed with a horse or something. I don't know. It's just kind of what it looked yeah. like. But yeah. That last boss is weird. Like an egg drops out and it hatches and there's <laughs> liquid metal woman inside of it that pops out. I'm like, OK, here's the real boss. But then it just nope. screams and dies and it's over. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. And then what does the game say to you? Oh, see, these are some of my favorite parts of games in the 80s and the 90s. You know, a winner is you and all that (laughs) stuff. I love it. This uh, the one message in uh, Mystic Riders is good job, Mark and Zeal. Thanks to you, the Earth was saved from a great danger. People must not use their power to their advantage. To live at peace together, everybody has to respect each other. The evil spirit will not return for a while. So come home and sleep well. (laughs) <laughs> At the very end, the evil spirit comes back and says, I'll be back. Yeah. And we were like, no, you won't, because there ain't no sequel to this game. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you get a nice little scene of them flying by and it actually says, like, peace, rider. And then it says, thank they Oh, they write it in the sky in clouds. It says, like, peace, rider. And then it says, yeah. thank you. Because it's 1992. Yes. You don't say peace anymore to people? No, I actually do say peace still. Yeah, come on, man. Peace. Yeah, I'm, all right, peace. Peace, bro. Not yet. We're not done. No, we're not. Peace out on the levels, though, for this game, as it's kind of short. It's very you short. Can, and it's pr- you, probably the biggest fallback to this game, yeah. aside from the sharp incline of difficulty. Especially the last boss. I probably spent the most quarters on the final boss in this game, for sure. Overall, I think it's a pretty standard shooter or shmup but i think the reason to visit this game one for a spooktacular completely fits yeah two it's a lot of fun with two people and three the art direction the art direction is just really nice Mm -hmm. lots of good choices with colors we talked about how the enemies are very interesting and some animations are a little choppy, like you said, with running on the ground. But overall, most of the animations, particularly with the deaths, are really cool. I'm thinking about some of the enemies that actually like vaporize into like a swoop. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That little like they disappear into a whoosh. And that's kind of hard to describe on an audio podcast. But it's something that you should see because it's a really cool effect. And the other thing I really dug was those set pieces, those interesting moments where like, OK, I'm fighting a dragon. Oh, but he's jousting me with this giant like you said, balls. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Instead of a joust, it was these balls that would come out. It was a pretty standard trick for arcades at the time when they wanted to have, um, what would you say, independent moving limbs? Yeah, like to have something be able to be flexible. Yeah, you saw it in Darius. You saw it in Contra. You know what we're talking about. And if you don't check this game out, I would recommend this title. I think it's a lot of fun. Definitely. And I think if you're trying to get in that Halloween spooktacular spirit, this is a great game to play for that. 
if you don't want to go to the old staples like Resident Evil and Ghouls and Ghosts and Ghosts and Goblins, you know, mm. get some Night Slashers in there. Get some Mystic yeah. Rider in there. Right. And if you hadn't had enough of shooters and shmups from last month, yeah. <laughs> this is another fun one. Yeah, definitely. I think this one's really great. And it's definitely a challenge as well. You know, I'd say the challenge of this, as most arcade games is a lot of the times, uh, especially around this era, is it's not the score you can get. It's not can you beat it because anyone can beat it with enough quarters it's right. how few quarters can you beat it with right right how many tries can you get through this game with and if you can get through this game with one you are a god sir and i will worship you like our <laughs> lord the great pumpkin pumpkin all right. <laughs> i think we agree on the things that could have been improved on this game yeah more power-ups too less more than just fire and lightning maybe throw some ice in there maybe yeah that would have been cool some rock know, power maybe that was my whole thing is i was like just two I was like, there's more I elements. The game was, I think the game was short enough, so that didn't bother me. Okay, true. But yeah. if the game was a little longer, I think it would have. No, I think it, I think it's a valid point. I didn't write that down because I think the game was so short, I never got to a point where I was like, man, I wish there was other power-ups. Yeah, but once again, we're mostly using the broom anyway, so... Mostly using the broom, and you're dying a lot, so you're never even getting the power-ups that you had to its fullest potential. Yeah. So, health bar would be something that I, I would like to see in this game. Yeah, or maybe a power-up. Even if it was just three Three hits. Yeah. More stages with a more gradual incline of difficulty. Not a sudden spike right there at the end or a spike a lot of time on some of the bosses. Like the level would be okay. And then you get to the boss like the golem was a little frustrating at first because you have no idea what's going on and you can only hit them in a certain little window. So, right. Don't let those things keep you away from this game. This game is worth a look. It's worth a play. Yeah. Especially if the idea of Parodius meeting ghouls and ghosts is something that interests you. It's going to hit those notes for you, I think. Great themed game. Not a great story, but a good theme. <laughs> All right, Keith, this is the point of the show where we do movie taglines. I got I got one for this. Okay, let's hear it. Mystic Rider, better looking than Bette Midler and more badass than The Craft. <laughs> All right. Do you know they're making a sequel to Hocus Pocus? Why? Well, you know what? They all kind of look like the characters they played now. Yeah, they they don't need the makeup anymore. (laughs) Actually, I kind of like that movie. I think it's a great Halloween movie. I remember liking it as a kid. I haven't seen it in years. Yeah, I do know my adult self can't stand Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, whereas a child was like, this is a pretty sexy looking witch there. Right? All right, so I wasn't alone. No, no, you were not alone, sir. It's confession time on We Talk Games right now. Who's your favorite sexy witch? <laughs> Tweet at us yeah. at We Talk Game. <laughs> yeah, please. Hashtag spooktacular sexy. <laughs> oh, man. Do you have a movie tagline, Kyle? Yeah, I'm going to go with Mystic Riders. That's a lot of power between your legs. <laughs> oh, nice. Wow. Wow. That's way better than mine. Nice. Love it. All right, Keith. Let's give our clues for the final week of We Talk Games Arcade Weekly Spooktacular. It's been a... (laughs) 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 Yeah, my noisemaker. Oh, man. That's better when you do it yourself. Here's my clue. Yeah. If Satan can take the form of a beautiful woman or a sleek animal or even an automobile, why not an arcade cabinet? (laughs) It's deep. Yeah, that's deep. That's deep. I, I was, Look that up. Google that, kids. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, that's one fiery hole. 
Oh my goodness! <laughs> All right, bit too much. Not like BD. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, for Keith the Robo Duke, I'm Kyle Von Kubik, Arcade Weekly Spooktacular. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, trick-or-treaters. This is your horror movie host, Mr. Lobo, from Cinema Insomnia. I would tell you to watch my new season on Saturday night, starting on Halloween on OSI 74. But you'll probably be playing video games. Uh, you know, you could have me on the background or something. Who knows? I do have a podcast on HorrorNews.net called Sleepless Nights with Mr. Lobo. I'd like to thank the We Talk Games folks for inviting me to haunt their four-week spooktacular. Look out, more scary games are afoot. Next week, Satan's Hollow. Until next time, game over. <laughs> <laughs>